0: Welcome to the Movement is Medicine show, a modern manual therapy perspective on movement as medicine. Now, let's get into the show. Guys, welcome. What's going on? And happy, happy shoulder episode.
1: Yeah. yeah happy happy shoulder, shoulder episode. How's everybody doing? Not doing bad. good. Yeah. Doing Great. Good. We have
0: a full studio here. We have the most of the doctor team and we have Saeed. So we have Dr. Tim in the house. Dr. Lee, Dr. Annie, and Saeed are powerful massage therapists. And guys, today it's all about shoulders. Are you ready to throw down on shoulders? We'll
1: Let's find out. Yeah.
2: I think shoulders are really misunderstood, actually. Um, we see a lot of shoulder issues in the clinic, and often people are pretty confused about why their shoulder is hurting. So I think it's an interesting discussion as to what your shoulder pain is coming from. Right.
3: Yeah, no, I yeah. absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like the shoulder is just, there's just so many moving parts with it. I mean, there is the shoulder, everybody knows what their shoulder is, but there's so many different parts to it. Like your scapula or your shoulder blade or your neck and your thoracic mobility are really inter- interdependent upon that. Um, how your elbow and your wrist are working can also play in a factor. So I think it's just really complicated and people think shoulder playing, they automatically assume that it's the same thing, which is, I think popular opinion is rotator cuff. Or labrum. I mean, most people aren't thinking labrum when they come into our office, um, but I think that they are thinking that their rotator cuff is hurt in some sort of way, just automatically.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with shoulder and, and with most of the body part discussions as we get into them, that's very fascinating, interesting is for most of us when we think about, oh, my shoulder pain or shoulder injury or, or shoulder issue, we think about our shoulder. But what, what we see in the clinic, obviously, is that you can have a shoulder thing that shows up all over the place. could be neck, upper back, could be radiating and manifesting in a variety of other places. So I think for, for today's conversation, if we're going to define the shoulder uh, without being overly technical, what, what, where are we going to say the shoulder? What is the shoulder?
4: Um. I think shoulder is a very complex part of the body because it has a 4D. So uh, a good assessment for the first visit, it will play a huge role for the further therapy to know exactly where the pain came from. Like you said, it could be radiate. It could be uh, something has to do about your posture or your um, any overused muscular right to left so I think to define where the pain comes from, you need a really thorough uh, assessment and a lot of orthopedic testing to find exactly because it could be one muscle is weak that allows all the other muscles to work too hard and create pain. And also, people they jump to conclusion and need MRI and need X-rays and need this, which is sometimes it could be simple, but sometimes it could be. Really difficult to find that piece of a puzzle. Where to start from?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think specificity in diagnosis is one of the things I see missing the most. Um, people do; they'll often have an MRI already when they come into the clinic, and they'll say, "Well, I have rotator cuff problem." Well, the rotator cuff is a group of muscles. Um, and it's often only part of the problem, and they don't understand where the problem is, or they say they have a tendonitis, and which mm-hmm. is a, a kind of a, a you know a garbage can diagnosis, really, mm-hmm. because we're looking at well, where, what tendon, what muscles involved, why, why is it inflamed? Right, exactly, and so I think that people are. I, I don't think it's v- very well diagnosed. And often the approach is simply to stick some cortisone in there, which sometimes is, is needed and sometimes it's not. But we need to figure out ultimately the pain source. So is it a neck issue? Is it, a, is it an upper back issue? You know, the area between your shoulder blades. Is it a shoulder blade issue? You know, because the shoulder is an incredibly mobile joint, right? So we're looking at its reliance on mobility in the thoracic back, and the upper back um, and in the neck um, and its stability as a structure. You know, if all any of those places are missing, then you're going to have a shoulder issue, especially if you're lifting weight overhead.
4: Right, definitely. right. Well, I, I want to add that what you just said, I totally agree with you, just just to explain to the patients and, you know, that shoulder has five joints, is one of the only part of the body and has five joints. If you look at the elbow, you have three joints. You have the wrist, have couple joints, but shoulder has f- five joints that every joint has couple muscles they start from and they finish somewhere somewhere else. So you cannot just say, hey, I have shoulder pain because it could be in front of your thoracic area. Exactly. It could be back. It could be a new neck. It could be one nerve compartment, like, you know, squeeze somewhere. And you say, oh, I have tingling because I have rotator cuff, you know. So we just have to define exactly the cause of the pain before we jump to symptoms and just trying. And people like get frustrated, because I am the same. I didn't do anything because we didn't have the real uh, – a reason to find where the pain come from.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the reasons that our head to toe team, with its sort of multi thinking approach, is that we're we're quite good with shoulders, mm-hmm. because we are looking at, at all the different systems. Um, Dr. Tim and I were talking about the importance of the nervous system in the shoulder, um, and how that chiropractic piece plays in when we're looking at thoracic and cervical problems contributing to shoulder pain.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that definitely plays a huge role in it. And I think that's one of the things that kind of sets us apart as chiropractors sometimes. I mean, with treating multiple areas of the body, but with the shoulder in specific, because as we've touched on, you know, going through this, the shoulder is a very complex joint, so many different muscles attaching to it. And there's nerves that supply all those muscles and the ligaments and everything like that that are in the shoulder itself. So it really does take a comprehensive view um, that I think us as chiropractors have or have the ability to use looking at the shoulder. Uh, Because we do take a really close look at the nervous system as well and how that plays a role.
0: So we're saying the shoulder is complex, right? And it's not necessarily simple. So then let's get into a little bit then of this therapeutic consideration. So when we're taking a look at it, when we're thinking about you know, mobility versus strength versus, versus getting out of acute maybe inflammation or pain and then even into the nervous system pieces, where do we start deconstructing that? How do we start that process when we're coming in with some kind of a shoulder issue?
3: So, the first thing we wanted to look at when we're, when we're working with the shoulder is range of motion. Like, if you can't yeah. reach over your head, like, that's a pretty grave concern for us. There's something going on pathology wise that uh, is going to take some work, um, whether that is adhesive capsulitis, like the capsule around your shoulder is tight, whether there's an actual strain or sprain in the shoulder joint itself. Um, either way, like, excessive pain when you're moving your arm overhead. Um, tends to indicate like that there's been some trauma in the past or that there's a lot of overuse that's going on in that shoulder. Um, So that's one of our main concerns is like, if you lack range of motion in the shoulder, then there's definitely an issue. Um, And some people lack range of motion and don't even have pain. So that would afford another issue for us. We'd have to dig deeper, so to speak.
1: I think that's a really good baseline that you're looking at too for shoulder pain. I mean, initially I think that's a lot of the reason why people might come in along with pain is they're trying to do things throughout their day, like typical things like, you know, normal things that you're doing throughout your day. And you're not able to do those not only because of pain, but because you can't actually perform those motions due to a limited range of motion. Mm -hmm. So that actually is a really good baseline to look at a patient's shoulder.
3: Yeah. that could be anything from like taking a glass out of a cupboard or like filling your dishwasher, like those little things where you're reaching and you're putting your arm like further away from your body. If if that exposes you and that gives you pain, then there's definitely some concern with that.
4: And also for the patient from massage therapy, they have a misunderstanding how to approach the shoulder. They just come to me and they say, hey, my shoulder is tender. i sore. I can't do this. And when I start doing my orthopedic assessment to find the range of motion, they look at me weird. I'm here that you push the knot and you kill them. And it's like, well, I cannot push those knots because I need to know why your range of motion is limited. Why that muscle is acting that way. So then I start working from looking all the concepts, why... Why so tight to, to heal it? I cannot just go and heal it without knowing. And educating the patient in a certain level with the nerve comes through and while well muscles start with finish, what it does for job and grab brushing your teeth for them is normal. But for me, means a muscle that does that motion. And for me, if it cannot brush teeth, I know exactly what muscle does that and it needs to be healed. So I think... I start always for massage therapy, a little bit education, what shoulder does and how we should be the normal person and how you are in this stage and how we're gonna reach it that way. Then when the moment they start understanding and they say, oh, that makes more sense because before I used to come my hair, now I couldn't because my shoulder, I don't remember what I did. But we need to find out what you do to find out how that part of the piece of puzzle has been injured. And then, again, back to Dr. Lee, the range of motion is really key to start your assessment
2: yeah, that, I think that's a really great point i think um with 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 shoulder issues um, and activity modification it's it's something we don't think about that much until we actually get that sharp tweak or pain when we reach to the back seat of our car, or whatever it may be. Um, And often I think people are kind of ignoring those signs a little bit and then going into a dynamic overhead situation like in a weightlifting situation. And that's when a deeper injury injury will occur to the shoulder. So I'd love to hear a little bit from Dr. Lee about sort of that um, rehabilitation and corrective exercise perspective. I think you do it so well in the clinic with your functional patternings patterning work.
3: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we use a lot of different techniques in, in the clinic. I mean, one of the main ones I like to really use to expand range of motion is like functional range conditioning. Um, that type of paradigm, I don't think that there's really any other paradigm that's like it that engages the joints through their full range. Um, and it also is a really good self assessment for people. So like they go through it, if they can't, I guess, like, uh, turn their, their arm internally or externally when they're at a full flexion, like that in of itself will show us some reasons why they might have pain when they're lifting overhead. Um so with that just first of all we want to get all like the range of motion back into the joint as quickly as possible so whether that is like doing some soft tissue manipulation or um whether it has to do with motor control issues and and really seeing like if the scapula and the shoulder are working together to attain a movement um so those are like a lot of the things that we want to start with and then once we have full range of motion we can start adding some strength components to the to the work um because pretty much what we're following is mobility, stability, and then strength. Like that tends to be how we activate things in the in, the, in, the, in the, the patient, and how we carry them through that that whole kind of paradigm. There's there's so many different exercises we can do, and it'd be I don't know if it's really helpful to like list off a bunch just because if you do an exercise without having a reason for it then it's not going to give you the benefit that you want well, i also think with how complex a shoulder is like we've been talking i mean there's no
1: one exercise that's going to help one specific person right. like you know everybody's different everybody's shoulder is different everybody's activities of daily living are different you know everybody's goal of what they're trying to get back to is different and with how complex a shoulder is like it really is going to be patient specific in terms of like what exercises you're doing Correct. and how you're going to get somebody back to doing what they're going to want to be doing.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally. And like we were talking about at the beginning, um, core, right. Yeah. And we don't think yeah. of the core for the shoulder, but the core is if you don't have a strong core, you've got nothing to hang the shoulder from.
3: That's true. So that's
2: like, you know, one of our, I think our key things, that's you know a different paradigm, but I also wanted to talk a bit about, you know, a lot of people, um, do have a rotator cuff tear, right. Mm-hmm. And don't know they have one. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think research has indicated that most people my age and up, Um, Saeed's aging up too as well.
1: (laughs) So thirty. We do have a tear.
2: Like if we had an MRI down, we have a tear. (laughs) Um and but we don't we're not that symptomatic. So um you know, a lot of people I think when they when they find they have a tear, they're really, really concerned and they think that's kind of the end of their maybe overhead mobility or shoulder strength and, and that's really not the case. I think with a good combination of core strength and corrective exercises and and certainly some some soft tissue work that you can really have a healthy shoulder for a long time. I think a lot of people choose not to have surgery on their shoulder when they have a tear and they, they're able to be really, really functional and capable. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, for those of you listening, sort of preventative strategies that you can do on your own with shoulder issues. I think we've talked about the fact that It's important to find out what your shoulder problem is, where it's coming from, why you have pain. Um, And certainly before you start sort of grinding out your shoulder with a lacrosse ball, I find a lot of clients have come in after like heavily triggering some areas of their shoulder that really shouldn't be triggered with a hard mm-hmm. lacrosse ball. Yeah. Um, for example, bicep tendon up mm-hmm. in that area where it's really sensitive and they spend a lot of time with a the ball there and get a lot of inflammation and maybe injure themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, for those of you listening, I think I really encourage that thoracic mobility work with the foam roller, certainly some work on the lats, mm-hmm. um, pec minor traps, you know, areas like that that are easy to access Um, and some some core work and some thoracic mobility work over a foam roller. And all of these things are on our patient portal for for future use. But that's a great way to start self-care in your shoulder is just doing some of those exercises.
4: Um, And also I add to that to my uh, patients, give them advice before we go to foam roll, just to look at the biomechanic in their normal life. Because if you sit in the computer for a long time and you're hunching your shoulder forward and – I would just tell them to put stickers, put reminders. You know, we have life, we have emotions, we forget and stuff like that. But the key, the posture alignment forward and backward plays a huge role to, to to align the nerve system to kick properly and the muscles to be relaxed normally. And of course, we have issues in life, we have stress, we have work, we have a lot of things. But if you put that reminder between our life, I think we have a long um, process of healthy shoulder And hopefully pastor, pastor, then going further and doing MRI x-rays and being paranoid about having some issues in shoulder in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, you really got to look at the activities that you're doing on a normal basis throughout the day, the things that you're doing the most. A lot of people have desk jobs now and having a desk job sitting down. A lot of people are in front of computers. You're going to be slouched forward a lot. The shoulders are coming forward. There's just a lot of issues that can arise from that, just from that alone. Let alone the things that you're doing throughout the rest of your day that might be putting stress on the shoulder as well.
0: And then I think you come home and you're holding your tablet device, you know, and you have that forward posture with yeah. a lot of puts a lot oh, yeah. of our tech posture these days is mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. phone or your tablet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Within the neck kind of comes out of alignment. And so you have that whole compounding. It's like the death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, it's all these little <laughs> exactly. tiny, yeah. tiny incorrections and imperfections. Yeah. yeah. During your day your every day that adds up, adds up, adds up, adds up. And then one day you find, ah, oh, i trying to lift a glass out of the thing and I, I can't yeah. do it. It hurts or something. And I mean, I do think the other thing on this, and this is from a real life experience. Is my wife's uh, my wife's mom right? Her husband has had the shoulder issue where he can't lift his shoulder, and he's like in his seventies, right? He can't lift his shoulder above his thing. He's had he's probably had like three MRIs. He's had he's gone to he's how I don't know how many medical visits he's had. he's had so many conventional visits. They want to do soldier he, surgery. He didn't want to do surgery. All this stuff. It's literally been it's probably been a year, and the whole time I've been like, well, why don't you just why don't you just go in and maybe get another perspective on this? from people True. who True. just do this all day long like yeah. this is the thing that they do maybe there's another alternative and it was just really interesting the resistance he had to stepping outside of just uh, you know this conventional MRI type thing yeah, and this yeah. routine it was like a like a safe or normal assessment. Right. I mean, what what do you guys think about that? I just it was just weird to me. I was like, dude, you can't like do regular life stuff right now. Right. Well, don't you just want help? I guarantee you these guys can help you.
3: Yeah, and I think like the main thing is that is a, it's this more societal thing is that people think that they're supposed to live with pain. Like pain is normal. And um yeah. pain's not normal. You shouldn't you should be able to poke and prod your whole body, do every movement in the world and not have any discomfort with that. I think most people are they're either used to like their parents like pushing it through and like just manning up and just getting the job mm-hmm. done and then eventually that you're it's a year later you've been dealing with the same problem and you're just like you think that it's the end of your shoulder when realistically yeah. you just needed to go in, get another perspective, go see a manual therapist, maybe see a, a PT or a physiatrist um, and have them give you a perspective that's not Western medicine based, which if you go to a doctor that only has a hammer, he's only going to think everything's a nail. So if the guy that you're going to see can only do an MRI and can only do surgery, he's only going to tell you to do an MRI and do surgery. That's just not his expertise to do the stuff in the middle. Um, and I think it, the, one of the things that we have with head to toe that's awesome is that we work a lot with sports orthopedists. We work a lot with Swedish. Um, there's a couple of different guys like uh, Seattle sport and spine, um, in, we have those, those relationships established that if people do need that further care, that we have an avenue for them to go. But they also, with that, there's a paradoxical relationship. Like they'll send us people that they don't think are ready for surgery. So I think it's more just education of the patient I and mean, then knowing that there is an option rather than just thinking that it's all got to be like straight line. You have to stay on the path or it won't work when you venture off.
2: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I mean, I totally agree with that. I think that one of the big things is that orthopedists still don't really see soft tissues as as an issue. I know that rhymes, but I mean, it's true, right? I mean, they really don't. It's like their tools, their toolkit is limited, right? Um, And uh, a lot of a lot of the physical therapy world also is not really looking at that specific soft tissue work that is so necessary in correcting a shoulder problem. And so, without that education piece. Those people from the era of the doctor knows all, meaning the Western medicine doctor knows all. They're just going to have a hard time looking at at, at a group like ours, right? Yeah, and that's not to
3: say that anybody's like not doing the right thing or anything wrong. It's just more they're doing what they know what to do. Absolutely, and that's I think like a lot of people think when they go to a, a physical therapist that they're getting the same care. When it's really like there's post operative physical therapists, there's people that are dealing with massive traumas, there's people that are rehabbing people from strokes and like if that doesn't right. relate to your actual condition, you're probably going to the wrong therapist.
2: Exactly. right. We're all different. Chiropractors are all different from each other. PTs mm-hmm. are all different. Massage therapists, certainly Saeed uh, stands alone in the massage therapy world from my experience so far yeah, and, agreed. and how you manage yeah. uh, cases. I think our chiropractic group, I mean, we're a really unique bunch of individuals with really different perspectives on, mm-hmm. on, on manual therapy and on treatment.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and also I, I, I corrected a lot of patients because they told me, like, Dr. Lisi, said that they went to the wrong therapist, and it's true, because here we have, you have a lot of pain, and the they went to that PT, and right away starting picking up heavy weight, and it's not that the whole PT are bad, or chiropractors are bad, it's just you went to the wrong person, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, You're, you have, like you said, you have uh, doctors, they are specialized, only they have, you know, MRI and surgery, and the other person have this and that, so and open up mind and education plays a huge role for the for the patient to have second opinion, second you know experience that heard from someone or how they did it, or maybe it's like, hey, we might not help you, but at least we put you in the right way we may be for you know put you further to the right people once we know yeah. the issue and we are lack of helping you we don't let you there we we are here to help that's our key so we we put you in the right track
1: yeah mm-hmm. I think that's a really big strength of the clinicians that we have at head to toe, like all of us is knowing when things are in our scope of practice and knowing when it needs to be sent out to somebody else. And I think that gives patients a lot of confidence when they're with us, because you know, we, we don't know everything. Nobody knows everything, but it is really important to know when our scope of practice it's, you know, that patient's pain, that patient's condition isn't in our scope of practice, but we still want to help them the best that we can. So we're going to send them to somebody else because we actually truly care about them.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. Well said. To wrap this up, here's kind of my big takeaway. One, the shoulder can be complex, but even as complex as the shoulder is also the healing methodologies and protocols that go into getting it right, and that what we want you to do is know that you should not be living in pain and that there is hope for healing and there is a methodology that is right out there for you, and we want to encourage you to find that. We're here to help you on that journey because we believe that movement is the best medicine. Thanks for tuning into the show. We'll see you on the next one. Until then, move well, be well, and have an exceptional life. Thanks, everybody.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you.